I'm in quarantine, so whenever you want, just give me a call. We'll have a 10-part quarantine episode just once a day. We'll bust them out. It's like the Michael parts. Jordan, last dance. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Eric Comrie, Michael Jordan, same athlete. No, no, yeah. no, no. He no. directly compared himself to Michael Jordan. I heard it. I won't hold you down. Look at all of this. Those headphones. You don't like my mustache? I, man, I had a mustache. My other co-host just joined in. I had my mustache until last week, and I shaved it. Oh, why'd you I, it? I don't know. I was just, I got I'm going to the States on Monday and my girlfriend would not be happy if you saw it. We just, just popped on. Everyone here is a little bit late. So that's all right. Nice. We're a little late. Yeah. Sorry. We, we are finishing up at tea time. Yeah. So are you guys in a hotel right now or what? No, we're at Helly's house. Oh, are you, are you staying with Helly? Yeah. Staying with Helly. Cause I was like, yeah, I could quarantine at the hotel or I could uh, hop in at Helly's place. Helly, did you uh, did you head back to Michigan the whole time, or did you stay in in Winnipeg? I did, yeah. I uh, the second we got told we go, I hopped <laughs> in the car and left. Like pulled just, down the house in like three hours, and it was not pretty. You you drove you drove back or flew? Yeah, I drove back. Yeah, you just saw like you got the green light to go fishing, and you were out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually coming from fishing, ice fishing. I got the green light to go actual bass fishing. I said, "Yep." Did you ice uh, fishing in Winnipeg? Oh, this has been in March in Winnipeg. You can still ice fish, eh? Yeah, right to the end of March. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. still two yeah, foot of yeah. ice out there in Lake Winnipeg. Yeah, I don't nope. doubt that. No My, golf, uh, though. No golf. No golf. <laughs> no, <laughs> no golf no. in March. No, no snow golf. You were no. golfing it up like crazy back home, comms, every day. It was like three every days day. in a row, just snapshots. All I do is golf, buddy. So I did. I was probably golfing four or five days a week back home. What course? Like, do you you go to the same course that you remember of, or do you same course? It up? Yeah, my dad's my dad's member there, so I go there, and it's it's perfect for us. Yeah. What what course did those views were sick that you were sending? Yeah, Shady Canyon, so nice. I, I miss it already, but oh. we have our little golf simulator <laughs> set up, so we're uh, we're playing over there. You have a golf simulator, Heller, in your place? No, Kyle's brought his, I and I had a net here. Well, I had, like, the setup for a golf simulator, but mine wasn't very, uh, I don't know, detailed. Accurate, <laughs> Accurate yeah. Kyle's brought his, yeah. Did you, you, you checked your golf simulator, and you flew there, Reese, just now? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, not, it's very small. It's just like a, it's like a launch monitor, so it's just a backpack. It's like the oh. size of an Xbox. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not good. Are you going to say, like, Brad Andrews is probably looking at the, your travel receipts? Like, this guy, man. <laughs> Oh, we just dropped the putter. <laughs> Are you Come shooting actual through. golf balls into that thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, I, I do a lot of ability on there. I slice too hard. I'd be, I'd be breaking walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, I was a little worried, but, you know, the game's pretty dull right now. Yeah. So I'm pretty confident. <laughs> yeah. We're not missing yeah. too much. Yeah, we're pretty dull right now. Helly, did you – last time we were together, we were talking that you were going to get a place. Did you get one back in Michigan? Yeah, I got one both here in Winnipeg and back in Michigan yeah. the same and year. What What do you like? I know you're you obviously are going to be on a lake in Michigan because you have to be. What What are yeah. you catching? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your go to bass? Yeah, I like largemouth. And my lake there's a lot of good smallmouth, so I go smallmouth bass fishing. But um, earlier this year, I actually caught a muskie in my lake. No way! You I swear. How big was it? Thirty eight inches. No way! Yeah. Yep. I went muskie fishing with Helly once. 
What, did you catch anything? <laughs> oh my goodness. I've never been so cold in my life. We went musky fishing in, um, uh, where did we go? Lake, like, uh, like Lake of the Woods. Yeah. And so my roommate at the time, Brennan Kitchen, goes, hey, it's, I look at the weather. It's supposed to be sunny and beautiful. We'd go there and the guides were dressed up in like full parkas. You could barely see their eyes. I was wearing pretty much what I'm wearing now. It was drizzling snow. <laughs> it was snow. My hands have never been so cold in my life. That's the oh worst. man, Lake of the Woods. That's Ontario, no? Yeah, that's Ontario. We drive, it's like a two-hour drive from here. Uh, about an hour and a half. Hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do they yes. artificially stock your lake, or is it like what does it feed into? No, um, I don't know. I mean, the birds probably brought in fish. Uh, they did stock it with muskie, and that's how I discovered they're in there. And I've been going after them for the last three years and finally got one. I've, I had multiple encounters with them, but they just snapped my line. So finally, I had my muskie gear ready for when I saw the muskie. Are you sick. eating them too? Like, you cooking up some shore lunches? Or no, what? no, no. I'm a, I'm a game fisherman. Oh, good I man. I catch and release. Yeah, good man. <laughs> sport fisherman, I should say. Yeah. Sport <laughs> He's sport fisherman and the gamer. <laughs> <laughs> And when, when are you and Buck going to be on the fishing channel as this dynamic duo, just sponsored and everything? That would actually be hilarious. Um, I, I think Buff was actually considering doing something like that. Shoot, if he had me out there, I absolutely would. It'd be so fun. Did you do tournaments this summer or no? Yeah, I did. So. Did I won, you win? I won you won two, two tournaments? Yeah. So he's pretty good. He's, I he's not Kyle bad. On. I had Kyle on my boat and I won with 18 and a half pounds and the closest was 15 and a half. Nice, pretty good. Yeah, I call. That's crazy. Is that is that like a is that a multiple fish? Uh, multiple five fish bass limit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My my brother in law is actually a sponsored fisherman with uh, Shimano, so I'm just getting into the the whole fish game now because he's always talking about it. That's a good sponsor to have too. Shimano makes the best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He takes well, it pretty. G Loomis yeah, makes yeah, good I rods too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes it takes a full schedule. Oh, <laughs> he man. does he, every weekend. He's driving to yeah, uh, you know, and he he does a lot up in like Lake Simcoe and kind of southern Ontario. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's uh, awesome. he's also a catch and release guy. Like he doesn't even eat fish at all. Really? Yeah. So, right. I don't know. Just I, the sport I, of it. Huh? Breed walleye tonight. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they're pulled out. Yeah, we pulled it out. Okay. Yeah, he breed walleye tonight. He caught some walleye. Uh, oh yeah. So I should say I do <laughs> eat. I eat the walleye. From, like, walleye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that from your ice fishing catches or what? Yeah, yeah. I forgot I had some because I must have – I was going ice fishing a lot right when we quarantined, but we were still stuck in Winnipeg. So I must have capped a couple of catches. We got a lot of walleye in the freezer. A lot of walleye. <laughs> a lot of walleye. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you guys, though, man. It's been too long. I know. It's been a long time, Philly. It's been a long time. Yeah, Philly, what are you doing now? I'm done, fellas. I retired. You're tired. You doctor yet? No, uh, I'm going. I'm going to be the goalie coach at Michigan Tech. I'm going to get my master's. Really? Did you over Shieldsy? <laughs> well, Shieldsy was there for one year. Yeah, and he, oh, and then he left an impression. Then he pulled shoot and the boys and went to the went to Michigan. Well, I went to Florida and then went to Michigan. But going to be the goalie coach, get my master's, and then probably uh, go into physical therapy. But yeah, sad you're day. Lifting any weight right now? You're, you're you're lifting really small weight though. Am I right now? Yeah, really lightweight. I oh. saw your workouts as light, really lightweight. You, you can't even get the bar up barely these days. Uh, yeah, I, I do struggle. I'm not like your workouts where it's like 8 a.m. massage, 
9 a.m. <laughs> just like aerobics in the pool with grandma. Aerobics. No, no, I'm lifting these days, buddy. I've been, I've been lifting. Yeah, you days. should see this guy. I, I get home last night, and he walks, and he goes, Eric, you've been lifting? You look huge. Yeah, you know I, the Zoolander when Will Ferrell's stuck in, uh, in like all those chains, and he comes out with just all that jack gear? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what comps looked like to me when yeah. I first saw him. Buddy, I mean, front squatting, deadlifting, I've been cleans, push press, you name oh, it, man. I've been, are, you, nice. are, you, I've been are you doing the CrossFit games or what? Yeah, I'm going to try. You know, those muscle-ups are – I'm pretty good at those too. Yeah. I was just going to say, how many muscle-ups can you do? Uh, I can do like two and a half regular pull-ups. So I, I might be able to get one soon. <laughs> yeah. Is, is my that, record is off. Whose program are you doing? Are you still on um, your, your guy from uh, Colonial? Adam Francilia, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I still use your friend a lot, yeah. He's wanting me to get a lot stronger and bigger because – I had the, I was a little bit of a small scrawny kid, <laughs> so he wanted me to get stronger, and I did. And is it helping? I don't know. I've only skated six times. So you've only, only skated six times. I know Hallie doesn't want to get in the hockey talk, but like, are you skating a lot too? Yeah, yeah. I've been on the ice. Like I'm fully ready to go. Like we could, we could start tomorrow, and I'd be fine. Did you Did you guys like? I mean, well, I guess like six times, but do you take any significant amount of breaks or were they just like sprinkled in ice sessions throughout the whole time? No, I took a long time. I was off the yeah. ice for like two and a half months because, I mean, California was full lockdown pretty much. And, like, it was completely shut down where I was. And I mean, I was working out a bunch, but no ice time. So, I, I mean, that's the first time I've ever had the chance to really lift the way I did because I can't, for me, I can't lift that heavy and skate at the same time because my body would never recover. So this time was the chance I had to, put on as much size i mean i gained 20 pounds of muscle wow during my the two and a half months i was off the ice so i mean i was really happy about that oh get, from me, get me on what you're on jesus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's called so working out a lot did you uh <laughs> did you like miss the routine of the hockey life and then kind of like took that energy and put it into lifting um yeah i was getting i mean i kind of I've always done like really like goalie specific workouts so that I've never really done lifting. So it's always been kind of boring for me. Yeah. Yeah. But like I started to really enjoy my uh, lifting. I really became just had fun with it. Cool. Yeah. Is Helly out? Helly's done. I think Helly's, Helly's, he's got a phone call. Yeah. I got a phone call. I'll see you. Phil. It's good seeing you. All right. Thanks for popping on Helly. Good luck see coming up. Thank you. That's well. Now we can talk a little bit of hockey. It's not a hockey centric. Well, it's a goalie centric podcast, but it's honestly, it's just casual conversations. We're not gonna, yeah, we're not gonna grill you on anything. But how? You so can grill you. can grill me. I like being grilled. All right, I'll grill you. I'm some, grill you some halibut here. But when you were making the transition back to skating after kind of revamping your whole workout routine, like. Did you notice anything different about like, were you more stiff? Did you keep that? Like, cause you're an insanely flexible person. You keep yeah. that. So for myself, I've always like, I've been naturally like, I find that some people are naturally stronger human beings. Some people are naturally more flexible. And I was a naturally really a flexible person, but I didn't, I couldn't retain strength. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and build the strength and see how I feel like I'm going to keep stretching throughout my time. And even though I was gaining weight, gaining muscle, putting weight onto my lifts, I, I never lost any flexibility throughout the way, which was really nice for myself. And then as soon as I got back on the ice, it, would, it didn't feel like – my first couple of skates, I felt tired just because I was carrying around more weight. But then at the end, like when we started – because 
I started skating at a phase where I was just heavy lifting, but by the end of it, I was doing a lot of power and foot speed stuff as well. So by the end of it, I was like, I felt amazing on the ice. Were you what endurance wise? You know what? So I wasn't doing much cardio at the start, but then at the end, we we're doing a ton of aerodyne stuff, like a ton of aerodyne, a lot of, and even my workout would be like, so I would do a uh, heavy deadlift right to a, um, so at the end of my last three, two weeks of my phase were heavy deadlift right to a um, uh, squat jump, right to like lunges, 45 degree lunges, right to skater bounds, right to hamstring curls, right to a wood chop. So that's a circuit. So you do that, you rest two minutes and do it like six times. And then you hop on the aerodyne bike and do eight minutes on the aerodyne bike with like uh, different uh, intervals. Yeah. You're a machine. You're a machine. This is a whole new Eric Comrie. I, know, Eric, I became a machine. I know. The Eric so, Comrie that I played with for two years, if you told him to pick up a weight, he was like, no. nah, no, I got to do, <laughs> no. I got to do my Tai Chi, buddy. <laughs> so, but that, that came out of me being in Arizona. When I was in Arizona, we did, did a lot of like dead, like I never deadlifted over 225. Like I was always like, no, I don't want to hurt my back. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to do too much. I'm going nice. And then all of a sudden Arizona, like, just deadlift 315 and I started deadlifting 315 and it, was, it wasn't that hard and I'm like actually I feel pretty good on the ice and I started adding more weight more weight more weight and I'm like I'm deadlifting deadlifting over 400 pounds easily now with my trainer it's like and I feel way quicker on the ice way more powerful side to side and I, I enjoyed it this is like for me wow. my mind's blown because for we, we've known each other for years now and you were always since 2013 you would always make fun of me when I would like I'd be working out you're like buddy you're working out too hard just give yourself yeah, a break. Yeah, you were. Yeah, and you now, were. now, yeah. now we got Cobbs is deadlifted doing the aerodyne bikes. I, I, I was just shocked. I, I love it. So, I love it. I know. So, at the end of the season last year, before the season got canceled, I started doing at least once, maybe twice a week of just like I do every compound lift. I do a, a like a some type of a lower body push, lower body pull, upper body push, upper body pull, and like just at least once twice a week just to maintain strength and gain strength and it was i felt great on the ice doing it so what i guess this is pretty i guess it could be transitioning a bit into a little bit more of an arizona a little bit of your wild journey that you've had well, um, I got, jamie i got one more yeah, like, yeah. Okay, go ahead. kind of question before we before we go there uh what about the eyes because after being off the ice for so long you step back on the ice and pucks are flying around so fast like did you do anything during your so, off time to maintain your eyes? So my family plays a ton of tennis, actually. And I actually noticed that helped a little bit. I was playing a ton of tennis. And I mean, we don't hit it like super hard, but it's it, you're tracking something. Yeah. And it was just something to keep the eyes a little bit. But when I got back on the ice, the pucks felt fast. They felt like they were getting by me quick. So I, I, I took a second to like – so after a long break for myself, the way I, I break it down in different segments. So my first – two days on the ice i don't care if i make a save the whole time or if i even see the puck i'm worried about make sure my movement is correct make sure that when i'm getting there i'm set i'm in position because at the end of the day my position your position is going to stop 88 percent of the pucks you face the rest of it's going to be your eyes going to be your reactions going to be that stuff so i mean if you can get there you're, you're on the way to getting to the better place if you just start start by working on the basics then let the other stuff start coming because i mean it's that stuff doesn't come back with a snap of the fingers. You got to let it just gradually come back. As soon as you start chasing it, it gets further and further away from you. Yeah. Why? So, nice. When, uh, were you skating with a goalie coach in California or just with buddies? No. So I was skating with the ducks a lot actually. So we were doing like COVID tests twice a week. It was, it was treated pretty strictly. And, uh, 
it was just a couple guys and we were just doing, I mean, at the end of it, just myself and another guy, we were just doing literally drills that we wanted to do. And it was, we had a, we had a really good time. Like it was really good. Good skates. How do you, like, what kind of drills do you do in order to kind of get that focus, not focus, the tracking kind of dialed back in? Because a lot of our listeners, you know, the rinks are starting to open up. Kids are hopping on yeah. the ice. They've been off. So like, what kind of drills do you do in order to just get the eyes going, the hands going, everything moving in together? It was really basic. I mean, cause I really wanted to focus on movement. So I really just had like, him at the tops of circles. I do a T push from the uh, post out to him make track the puck all the way and have him shoot blocker 10 times and glove 10 times. I mean, just, I was always trying to incorporate a movement into it. So I would stop, make sure my set, my feet were set and just let pucks come to me as long as I can stay as patient as I could. I mean, it, it's hard to say exactly what my feeling is, but for me, it's like, if I'm set in position and I make the net feel smaller, it's easy for me to react. I'm trying to feel like I'm not, overextending myself as soon as I start overextending myself that that's when the game and the puck starts to like feel fast if I'm playing within my almost a strike zone I make a small strike zone like a small net in front of me if I'm playing in that then I'm tracking pucks fine and I'm it's easy for me yeah I like how you talk about that that strike zone in front of you because I I have uh I work like with younger goalies when, when we work it on ice and they're always yeah. trying to like especially with the hands they're always trying to work back Right. Yes. And I'm like, you got to think about it. It's not about stopping the puck from getting in the net. It's about stopping the puck from getting past you, hundred percent, your, your body and like your little, I like that word, that little strike zone in front of you. Like that's what you're, that's what you're playing to. It's not really about that, the net behind you work in front. And it's such a counterintuitive thing. Cause I mean, even for myself when I'm playing, it's like, no, but I got, I, I have so much net to cover. I got to make sure I'm stopping it back here. I'll, I'll feel myself start going back and I'll start reaching behind me and starting to make saves like that. I'm like, no. Okay. Then I almost like, I almost like, so my goalie coach I worked with for a long time, Lyle Mass, who used to put posts on the ice and he showed me, okay, these are the posts you have to play within. Right. And he'd shoot pucks within these posts. I'm like, okay, that's all I have to, to, to cover. So when I first get back on the ice, I try and almost imagine a, a net in front of me. I imagine my cross, the crossbar is my shoulders and the net's just right outside my gloves. I'm trying to make saves only in there. If I go outside of my net, then I'm like, okay, that was wrong. I got to make sure I stay inside myself almost. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of my feel to make sure I get back to not overextending. Yeah. Cause not that I've ever played at that level, but I'd imagine conserving energy is pretty key. I mean, you can't be chasing 100%. every puck cause you're just going to, you're going to burn yourself out. No, I mean, and at the end of the day, if you look at the net, if you take a picture of what, how much net you're actually covering as a goalie, you're covering a lot more net than you think. Most of the goals, if you really slow them down on an NHL goalie, he's almost literally moving out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's, he's like going like this to get to a puck. He's going like this. He's moving out of the way. If you stay there and just come into it a little bit, you're, there's not a lot of net there if you're in position. So are you a guy that likes – you're talking about your hand-eye – stuff are you a guy that likes when the drills like you know where it's going or do you like where it's shoot to score i kind of like shoot to score i mean i'll do to warm up i might do like 20 shots but then i like it to shoot to score I, even warm-up drills and coaches say hey just come in and warm the goalie up i'd much rather the guy shoot as hard as he can try and score from a little bit further out than coming in and babying it on me because i for me i want the guy to try to score on me like i it, it's not going to make me any better if he's coming down and soft someone in my chest it's not going to make him any better i want you to come down and try and score on me and that's what's going to make me better it's going to make you better and for those listening comms and i played together for a couple of years and 
I don't think I've played with a goalie that competes as hard in practice as he does. Probably to the point where it, I don't know if it's good for your body to compete that hard that many hours a day, but are you still, are you still like, you know, going 110% three hours a day on the ice or have you started to tone it down in order to just basically like mediate the amount of wear and tear throughout the season? Um, you know what? Last year I started to do a little bit. I started getting a little bit more tired. My body was getting a little bit old. I'm getting a little older. I'm not as young. I'm turning 25 in oh, three buddy. days. So I'm getting old. Oh my gosh. Um, old. So, but no, I mean, for myself, I just, everyone's always said, like, I work hard in practice. I just, I enjoy practice. Like I really enjoy my time at the rink, even though after practice, I get really angry sometimes. <laughs> but I, I, I enjoy my time at the rink. I, I love being at the rink. I love being on the ice. That's just what I, I like doing. Like, I've never ever – it's never been a chore for me to go on the ice. I've always said I want to go on the ice. I want to go out there. I want to stop every single puck on the ice. Every time I go, I want to stop every single shot. I don't – it doesn't matter if it's a little warm-up drill or it's just somebody pushing a puck in the net at, right beside me in line. I, I want to stop that puck. It's just the way I've always been. No, and I think it works. It, I mean, look where you are right now. You play in the NHL. You're still playing. You're 25. You're a little old, but I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm just getting kidding. Some, getting some gray hairs, Philly. Getting some gray hairs. Oh, I'm getting a little gray. Yeah, I gotta get some uh, just for men on that thing, buddy. I, I, I know, I know. It's starting to get a little bit of uh, uh, salt and pepper. <laughs> Touch of gray. Touch of gray. Silver fox. So yeah. You you ended up getting picked up by Arizona, and yep. this is the first organization change you've had in your career. You know, you're with mm-hmm. the Jets for what 2013, 2013 to 2019. Yeah. So, what was it like going to a whole new organization? It was strange, especially because I was picked up at a time where their goalie was hurt. So I was going to go there and be the backup. But then as soon as my immigration paperwork came through and I got there, I was a third goalie. And I couldn't really get sent down. So I wasn't really practicing. I wasn't really, like, didn't expect to play any games. So it was very different for me. It was hard because, I mean, I go on the ice just with the goalie coach, just face shots with him, and then maybe at the end of practice face 20 to 30 breakaways. And that's all I was seeing all day long. I was not seeing any, so it, it was it was hard because I was not used to that. But I mean, I, I love my time there. Actually, Schwabie, the goalie coach Schwab, there was amazing, really, really good goalie coach. He taught me a lot about the game, even just in our short little time, and he was he was really good. I was about to ask. Schwab, I thought it was I thought it was John. It was it's not John Elkin anymore, right? No, nope, no, Corey Schwab took over for him. He's, he's really smart. He's a great goalie coach. Like he's he he knows what he's doing, and I had a really good time learning from him. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's like one thing like if what's like the biggest takeaway that you learned just from getting, you know, you've had flats and Rick and um, Lyle Mass's eyes on you for forever, but now you have, you have a new fresh pair of eyes. Like what's one thing that he kind of, you know, implemented or suggested to throw into your game. He was big on to like, I don't know if you've watched many Arizona games, but like their boys play very conservative with depth. And he was really big on playing a little bit deeper, playing a little bit deeper, especially at the NHL level. He's like, the play happens so fast. I mean, it's got to not come out super far, like on rushes and some of that. But I mean, and that was the biggest thing is just always making sure that you're always in position, always maybe a little bit a hair deeper than you thought you needed to be. And so we actually, we, 
uh, for the listeners of the pod, they know that we like to talk about playing a little bit deeper. We're big on basically just cons- like you said, conserving depth, taking it when you need it um, without giving anything away. Like what we talked about, like what are some of the things that you noticed once you were a little bit more conservative with your play? Um, I was set a lot more. I was set and had a lot more time. I mean, it just for myself, like when I'm, when I'm set, I feel like I can stop pucks when I'm moving around. Like just say I'm, I'm especially on rushes. You know, when you play a three on two in the NHL, it's different because the guy comes in and he's always looking to pass across ice right away. And when you're, when you're initiating your depth and you're playing further out, you're not quite set by the time he's passing it over. And then you're trying to get over there and you're never really quite get into your, like you're set when you're there, but when you're a little more conservative, you wait a little longer, you get in the zone, you take a step out, but you're not quite as far out. You just have more time to get across. You have more time to react. You have more time to look around. You just, the game feels almost, it slows down a little bit. When you're, when you're playing aggressive and chasing the puck, I find the game speeds up. When you're conservative and you're, you're playing a little deeper, everything kind of slows down. You get the picture in your head. You understand what's going to happen. You kind of just, it almost calms you down in a sense as well. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you said everything that I wanted you to say, so thank you for supporting yeah. supporting our cause. But that's exactly yeah. it. Did you notice anything about your tracking? Uh, did your tracking improve? Was it harder? Like, Because the big mindset is like, oh, I'm deeper. I'm giving up so much net. I'm going to get beat. But what did you notice with your tracking? Um, no, you know what? Nothing felt different there. Tracking felt all the same. I mean, I, I had to get used to point shots, the biggest thing, because that was one where it's tough because through traffic, he wanted me to be pretty deep, and I was like, mm, "I still like to get to the, I still like to get to the screen. I like to get to the screen. I like being to the screen, and that's just one thing I like." Um, but my tracking felt pretty much the same. Maybe a little bit more time to make saves. For what you, you got to remember, for what you're giving up in space, you're gaining in time as well. That's what a lot of people don't understand. So, like, you're even though you're a little bit deeper. I almost feel that I'm in better position because I can look down and say, okay, I'm in my crease. I'm never losing my net because I'm not like way out there and having to skate around and uh, like see cut all around and all do this, this crazy move to stand in square the shooter. When you're deep in your net, all you have to do is little adjustments, little shuffles. So you know, you're in better position and you have more time to react now. And then, so we're going to continue on with your, your crazy year. You ended up getting picked up by Detroit now, wow, now you're going to your third organization in the year. Um, was there the style of play that they wanted you to play in Detroit different than what you had learned before? Or was it just, hey, you're a good goalie, do what you need to do? No, no. Actually, Detroit wanted me to play further out. So I went from a guy who wanted me to play deeper to a guy who wanted me to play further out. And that was like an adjustment as well. And mind you, I've done all this without actually playing any, like really any games. I went down for a small conditioning stint. And so when I got picked up off waivers, I was in Winnipeg for a week and a half because I was waiting for my visa to come through. Mm-hmm. No skating, no working out, just at home. I had nowhere to go. Yeah. Then I get there. It's pretty much like starting camp all over again. I go to there, and I'm starting, trying to start season fresh. I don't get to practice with the team at all. Then I go down for my conditioning stints. Like my, I'm starting over fresh again because I start practicing with the team for three days. Play a couple games, get back sit down a week again do nothing then get picked up by Detroit I'm like oh man and they they told me I'm gonna play right away I was like I don't I, I didn't feel ready to play almost like I, I it was like it's middle of December and I haven't I hadn't seen the ice with the team yet all year I was just working with a goalie coach it's it, it was weird 
Was that your debut? Pretty much. Like, it was like I was in a debut a week later, and I was – it was weird because I, I, I hate making excuses. I, I don't want to, like, say, like, I wasn't ready, but I just – I didn't feel ready to play yet, if you know what I mean. Like, it's just – it's yeah. hard because I've never – I've always – played a lot of games i've played a lot of games i've played a lot of i've done a lot of practicing and when you you're not used to that and you haven't played or practiced you go right into like a performance it's 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 tougher to do like it's i was i almost felt like i was starting in preseason all over again welcome to my career buddy yeah (laughs) it's not easy like it's it's not easy to do like it's it's not people don't pretty much be going straight to like december and going to play a game yeah and people when everybody People, around you is yeah, in full swing mid-season mode, full swing mid-season, they're in mid-season, yeah. and you're and you're just getting go. You're just trying to get going. It's yeah. it's tough, and like it's yeah. And I mean Detroit. I mean we had a great guys and stuff like that, but we we were good. We didn't have the best record. I'll I'll say it. So we, you don't have to say it. Yeah, you guys weren't very good. No, we were we were <laughs> a great team, but like, we were great guys and we were young and I, I we had a lot of injuries at the time I was there too. We, they were they're they're going to be a good team in the long run because they have a lot of good talent. They're just they're not quite there yet. So how did you so this is actually a good question that you can answer for younger goalies listening. So you've now moved to a new team and the goalie coach wants you to play a certain way that maybe doesn't jive with what you've been, you know, getting used to or like like you play. How do you kind of work that relationship in a way that, you know, you make sure that you're both on the same page? Sal and I were actually really close. We had a really good relationship. I mean, we we would just discuss it and talk about it. We had open talks. I mean, we'd go through a video of the games and say, okay, this is a spot where I'd want you to take more depth. And I'd say, yes, I agree. I could take more depth there. And then we'd talk about it and we'd say, okay, how about this spot? And we'd st- so it's just like, it's a give and take. You have to do it. It's hard to do it without video in front of you. You almost need the video evidence because what you feel and what's real is two very, very different things. So you may feel like, oh, I'm really far out here. But you look at the video and say, oh, actually, I was – a lot deeper than I thought I was. Or you may say, I felt really deep there, but you're actually a lot further out than you were. So when you have the video in front of you, it doesn't lie. So you kind of can discuss, okay, this is where I want you here because you can tell in this scenario we're a little bit deep. So it's, we did a lot of discussion over video and saying, and trying to figure out what's the best for us. And we made a lot of compromises. That's why it worked. Cause I mean, neither one of us were too stuck up in our ways. Like I'll, I'll never be the guy to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn. I'm, gonna, I, I'm a big believer, believer in everyone is trying to make you better. No one's trying to make you worse when they're telling you something. So you have to, if you don't try and don't actually listen and don't be open-minded, you're not going to gain any knowledge. I mean, you can learn something from everybody. And we had a really good talk. We just, we discovered a lot of things in my game. Like he helped me a lot with my post-play stuff. And we, we did a lot of really good work together. As a guy who's kind of seen a bunch of different goalie coaches, when you're going into an unknown situation and you know, you're going to be working with a new guy, is there anything that, you kind of say to yourself, I hope he has this quality or, or I hope he does this. Like what, what are some main things that you look for in a, in a goalie coach? I mean, the biggest thing I want is I want someone who studies the game, who loves the game, who understands the game of hockey. Cause if you don't love the game you're teaching, if you don't understand, you don't study video, you don't stay up to date then, then I mean, it's not, it's no, there's, it's hard to really feel the love, like the, the, yeah, the energy yeah. you're bringing, you know? Cause like, Rick St. Croix in Manitoba is he's, he's an older goalie coach. He's been around for a long time, but he's, he's not teaching us stuff from like the 1970s anymore. He's, 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 he loves the game. He watches the game. He understands the game and he can, you can like, 
a guy like that, he's, he's trying to learn. He's not trying, he's not staying stuck in his ways. Like that's who I like. I like people who are trying to learn, get better, study the game, just yeah. love being around hockey. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, um, what you're saying is you want a goalie coach that's like understands that they don't know everything. You don't know everything. And you guys are yeah. kind of like pooling your knowledge to learn together. hundred percent. Right? Cause like I mean, the goalie coach is like, I know everything about playing hockey on everything. about being a goalie. I'll just teach you how to do it. They no, yeah, it doesn't at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that way. I mean, especially, especially in pro hockey. I mean, even younger kids, I mean, you, you can't take away the athlete. You can't make a goalie play a certain way. I mean, kids just, I mean, you, you get, there's a reason why people make the NHL is because they're athletic human beings. You walk around the NHL locker room. These guys are, they're allowed to be athletes. They're allowed to play the game. They're allowed to figure out for themselves how to play hockey. I mean, they had people teach them the basics of understanding of like how a T push, how a C cut, how a shuffle, butterfly, post play, but they didn't change the way he played. They was it was a common knowledge, and they went together and they worked and they developed their game together. Not one person forcing force feeding stuff. Yeah. How is uh, Rick's health doing? Because I heard he had a heart attack. Um. Yeah. It was that was scary. I mean, that was actually it happened the day so. The day I was playing against Winnipeg, which my my first game against with Detroit, was actually the day that um, Rick had a like a health incident at the airport, and I mean that was tough to hear that morning because I mean I'm super close to Rick. He's one of my almost mentors. I've been with him for a long time, and that was hard to hear because he was it was sad. I mean he, everyone there was really heart heartbroken, and I just that was tough to hear. But I was really sad and. He, He's doing a lot better now. He started coming on the ice in the last season. It was great because he had that big smile on the ice. He was so happy to be on the ice. And he just that that infectious personality that just makes you so happy to be around. And it just it's it's just a joy when he's at the ring. Yeah, I, I'm glad that he he had shot me a text when I announced my retirement. So I was glad to hear that he was he was doing well. But yeah, scary, scary stuff. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was you know what? We look at it this way, though. I mean, it was he was going to the airport for one of those early morning flights out of Winnipeg that you and I know too well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those 4 a.m. wake-ups. three forty-five a.m. wake-ups, sorry. And uh, he was at the airport. So it just happened to be he was at the airport. They happened to have the doctors right there who were able to AED. Like, they have, have that machine there. And, I mean, if, if it happens at his house, you, you don't know what could have happened. Like, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been... It's scary to think about, but it, it almost was meant to be. It happened at the right place in the right time. I had a question. It just slipped off the tip of my tongue here. Um, so now you're back. You're back with the Jets organization. Back with the Jets. Um, is that weird? It, honest, like, honest question. Is it weird to have got like, just three spots, just a big detour out of the way, just to end up right back where you started? So, I mean, it, it's, it's funny to think about because – like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I'm back where I started, but it, it feels like I was just a coming home party. It feels like I was away for a little bit and now I'm back with my family. Almost. I just, I know everyone here so well. I just, and, and as soon as I left, they told me any way they could get me, they're going to try and get me back. So I always had in the back of my mind that it was a very big possibility of me being back in Winnipeg. And I was so happy back. I, I love my, I loved every second I was spent in Winnipeg. I loved my time here. I loved all the guys. I mean, every single one of these guys are my close friends and, I know the goalie coaches so well. I just know everybody. So I'm just, it, it feels like being back at home. I always yeah. wondered, sorry, sorry. I was just saying, I always wondered if that you, they, they told you that they were going to try to get you back or not, or if it was just all luck of the draw. So that's no, good. That's I, good insight. I had a feeling. 
I had, I did have a feeling that I was going to one day eventually find my way back here just because I, I love my time here and I really did enjoy every second I've spent Winnipeg. It's, I think it's one of the top organizations in the league and it's one of the, I mean, I love the city of Winnipeg. I love the people in Winnipeg. I love, I love, I could live here my whole life like that. I, I love it here. Yeah, you'll be the mayor soon, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like the mayor here. He's a great guy. All right, I'm sorry. I cut you off there, Alba. What were you going to say? Uh, we had another guest that uh, I think it was in the in the American League that uh, he he went to another team and then they brought him back. I forget who it was, but I was I remember saying to him that it's a good sign when the team that you were with brings you back because that means obviously that they want you there. They know what you're all about. They've seen you play. You know they kind of know you yeah. as a person. So obviously they're identifying you as, as a guy that they want back. So no, for sure. Like I, I'm I'm really happy. And they, like. Even they said like they, we're both we're both very happy with, the, with how it turned out and how I'm back here. Like, I mean, it was kind of sad I went away for a little bit, but it, it made me realize how much I loved it. And sometimes that you think you might like being somewhere else more, and you're like you're like no, I, I was where I meant to be, and I, I'm really right. happy to be back in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Did you and get rid of your place between your first when you got claimed or? No, I, I kept it the whole time because I was not paying rent anywhere else, so I kept the place and I was. Move right back in. Wow, and nice. Did your girlfriend come with you, or did she stay back in the pig? She was the traveling packing crew. Wow, good for her. Nice. She'd pack, she'd pack up and everything. Yeah, yeah hotel. now she's staying behind you in California because we're getting a dog today. So, What kind of dog? German Shepherd. Oh, buddy, that thing nice. is going to be vicious. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be a trained police thing now. <laughs> we're going to – protection dog. So if, if you're from Edmonton, then uh, what's going on in California? What has you there so often? So my, I, my parents moved there when I was 10. I moved down with okay. them when I was young. Right. But I was born in Edmonton, but I moved there when, I'm, when they got sick of the cold. Kind right. of. <laughs> so would you consider uh, California like your home? Yeah, I consider California home now. I mean, I, I, I'm Canadian, but I, I consider – I've been there for so long. I, it's, it's my home now. I, I love it there as – I actually yeah, just yeah. bought a house in Irvine too. I love every. I love California. It's cool. You're just making moves this year, buddy. Oh man, you have <laughs> no idea. I joined a golf course, bought a dog, and bought a house. <laughs> Country club, eh? No, no wedding yeah, ring, I though. I, like, oh my goodness, this is this is ex- hopefully the most expensive summer of my uh, of my life. <laughs> Engagement ring coming, maybe. Oh, who knows what's next? Who knows? That's you know who awesome. uh, the story reminds me of uh, Phoenix Copley because that's the guy that. Was with, uh, was it Washington? And then he went to St. Louis yeah, and then back yeah. to Washington. Then he's back to Washington, yeah. And yeah. he also uh, played uh, California, spent time growing up in California. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah he's, he's, I actually know Cobb. He's a really good guy. He's great. I skated with him actually a little bit with Lyle Mast in Kelowna. He's nice. a great guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, is he part of that uh, Net360 crew? Is that? No, no, he's I don't not. think so. No, he's not. I, I am, though. We had, you are. Helen and I had the same agents. Yeah. Both with Ray. Could you play for Team USA if you wanted to, or are you still a Canadian? No. So I'm full Canadian citizen. I have no. I'm trying to get my green card right now, which is very hard to do. Yeah. I've been trying to do it for two years, and it's been very hard to get my green card. But I am just Canadian citizen because I never. I just have a. My dad got a work visa when he was young, and when when I was young, and I just kind of came on that, and then. I consider myself a visitor when I go to California because uh, I spend more time in Canada. 
Okay, that makes sense. I was, I was never sure because, like, obviously, you know, you're a world junior champion. World and, junior champion. Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure if you were given the option to play for either country, so. No, I was not. I could, So if I would have ever got my green card or dual citizenship, then I could have had choice, but I was never uh, – once you choose, once you play for Canada, like any level, that's when you, you have to stay with them for the, your, pretty much your life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, actually, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Like, I guess probably a good rule. You don't have guys jumping back and forth depending on which yeah, team yeah. is stronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you get like, yeah, I mean, it, pretty, I mean, there's some guys who'd be nice to be able to go like, like some guys, like I know a lot of guys who are born in Canada get their, like their, their Swiss passports or their German passports, and they played for those teams during the Olympics, like you saw not too long ago. Yeah. So what's next on the schedule for you guys? You guys both just arrived back in Winnipeg. The NHL season, as it stands now, is starting. Um, as it stands now, yeah. You have to quarantine. So yeah. are you just – you and Helly just playing golf in the basement for the next 10 days? So it's Logan Shaw, myself, and Helly are all staying at Helly's place, and we're – we have uh, golf, we have ping pong, we have uh, pop a shot, like basketball thing. We have um, um, bubble hockey, and we have a COVID test every two days. So that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> and no, no ice, like nothing. You're all out. No ice. Can't go on the ice, no. And then once we start, it's going to be like small groups. Have you been COVID tested yet, guys? Uh, no. I have not, and I probably will be in the next couple of days. So It hurts. Straight it's up the nose, right? The swab all we the way did, back. We, so – we, when I was in Anaheim, I was getting twisted twice a week. The 10 second around the nose where it doesn't go all the way back. But today we did the all the way back one. It, I thought they were going to pop my eyeball out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, as someone who's been to the uh, ENT many times for my mangled nose, I, yep. that camera up the nose, anything up the nose does not feel good. Oh, man. I've never – so when she was about halfway in – I thought it was done, and then she kept going and going and going. I'm like, this can't, there can't be any more room to go. Yeah, that's my brain. Yeah, I, I know. I know. So you're, you're going to test it every two days. If, if you test negative like a couple times in a row, do you get a shortened quarantine or not at all still? But- no, so I, it's still you have to do at least seven days. They're saying seven to ten days, and then – after that, you can go. I mean, I've been getting tested twice a week. I know I'm negative. Like, it's, it's been the way it's been. I mean, I, I've been negative since I've been started. And so what have the Jets been saying to you guys about just getting back? Like, I'm just going to say, like, guys, this, this is, a, you know, a big cluster. You know, we're going to do what we can, and we just play it by ear. Or have they given you guys kind of like a, sure. a set schedule and, like, this is, our, this is what we're doing? No, there's not really a set schedule right now. I mean – we have an idea, but once again, it's, it's kind of – it's very hard to figure out what's going on because it's a very fluid situation. There's still agreements getting turned up, like passed around. And it's just – no one's really sure yet. We're just trying to do the best we can. We're going to be prepared to start July 10th if that's the time we have to. Let me ask you this about actually playing in front of empty arenas. Yeah, in the American League, you, you play in front of more arenas than you think. So I, I'm more used to that than you think it would be. Okay. I, Jamie and Derek and I were talking about this, and one of the things that obviously everybody loves about playoff hockey is the atmosphere that the fans create, yeah. and it's just going to be an empty arena. So, Yeah, it's, that's a very new one for, I, that I'm not – I don't know how it's going to be. It's going to be very, very like strange. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, guys are – 
Guys are still playing for a Stanley Cup. So that's I mean, right. We never you know the, the the competitive nature of it's the NHL, it's the Stanley Cup. Regardless of who's watching, the guys at that sure. level are so competitive. They're gonna they're gonna play. I, I think I think it'll be good. I mean, the guys are all ready to go. Everyone's been training the best they can and staying in shape. So we'll see how it is. It's just yeah. like playing a game in Manchester. No one's there. You can play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, I mean, you play in the American League. You play in the Western League. There's a couple Wednesday night games where you look in the crowd and you can count on your one hand how many people are there. Wow. I, I think Manchester, when they were in the cheese, there was yeah. 80 people in the game and 60 Ooh. of them belonged to one guy's family from Boston. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, it was, I think it was like a Wednesday. I think it was like a Wednesday afternoon. It wasn't, it was a Wednesday afternoon and not a school game. It was just a Wednesday oh. afternoon. And no, they, they double can't do that. Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. All I know is that no. we were outshot like 60 to 20 and there was no one there to watch it. And I was just like, I was, you know, and we had were a bus ride. Oh, it was lights out. But we had a yeah. bus ride. You lights out that game? I, that was one of my best. No big deal. No big deal. That was one of my best games with Jacksonville. But we had a bus ride from Brampton all the way to New Hampshire, play the next morning. Nobody. Crickets. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man. What's, like, the, the smallest venue, like, that you played in? Like, like, attendance that you can remember off the top of your head? Like, pro hockey or, like, Western hockey league? Uh, we can dive in the West. Western's technically pro, so. Um, best league in the world, by the way, Western Hockey League. You mean college hockey? Uh, <laughs> this is a college hockey focused <laughs> podcast. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, there's been a couple games where you, you you scroll into like a like a Monday night game in the Western League, and you're like, "Oh man, this is this is not what you want to see for a crowd." Like, what, uh, what cities? Oh, I mean, like and every- anywhere on a Monday night in the Western League is not a great crowd. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Do you find that because yeah. uh, you played for Tri City, right? Yep. Did you find that uh, the American teams versus the Canadian teams? Like, did you notice a difference in uh, in fans? Oh yes, yes. So American fans, they don't come for the hockey per se. They come for the fighting, right? And the screaming. Like the so it, it's loud. And then when you go to like Canada and there's like Canadian fans, it's more. Okay, we want to watch junior hockey. We want to see how our team does, and it's like it's a little more tame atmosphere, if you want to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so that. You just know when you're strolling to Spokane, it's going to be a war. But when you're it's playing, be, when you're playing Med Hat, it's a skill game. When you yeah, when you go to Tuesday when you go Tuesday night in Seattle, and it's two dollar beer night in Seattle, it is whew, that is a fun building to play in. It's like, remember when, were you, Jim, you were, when we were in, would you have come to San Diego at all or no? Um, I, no, I never played in San Diego. The one time you guys on the road trip, I was, I met you guys in, um, in Baco. You guys played San San Diego, Baco, and then I met you guys in Baco. So San Diego does $2 beer nights too. Oh yeah. That place is off the hook. I mean, they were cheering. They thought they were scoring from dumpings from past the blue line. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though. It's fun, and they were they were singing the anthem. It was it was fun. It is it, it's gonna be weird seeing you guys play with no fans. I'm hoping for us uh, viewers at home they dub in some sort of audio or like 
I, I Little, saw yeah, 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 like the uh, I, so I was watching Premier League soccer and they were they were uh, they were doing fan noise like the crowd noise. Is, this yeah. is kind of strange. It's an empty building, but I'm hearing fans. Uh, it's the South Korean baseball league. They have like teddy bears in the stands instead, yeah. or you can like pay yeah. to have like a cutout of yourself. Put in oh the stands. my god, that's so. I was watching the um, uh, the soccer game and it was like the the player like got tripped and the ref didn't make a call and they started booing the referee. It's like, oh, <laughs> the crowd manager might get a little bit of chill for that one. Could you imagine someone's job is to watch the game and then like. Oh, it's like oh, Winnipeg's home. We got we got a press brew, press brew, press brew. They like we got reactions. Cheer. Yeah, just the wrong crowd reaction. People at home are just like, wait, what's going on? You press the wrong one. You're like, this isn't right. They're cheering and the other team scored. Yeah. So as somebody who's played in the Western League, uh, you played in Seattle. Yeah. What do you think? What are your thoughts on this new in Tri City against Seattle? Well, yeah, in I mean, in the city of Seattle against the Sea Wolves. Yeah. What do you think uh, the new team coming in? Is it a hockey cool. spot or is it like – Yeah, you know what? They've always – every time we played there, they were almost always sold out. They had a great crowd and it was loud. And I, Seattle's a really cool city. I don't know if how many times you've been there, but it's a really cool city. I've been to the airport twice. That is it. Great. By the way, one of the best airports in the world. Uh, you know what? It's hard when you get to the airport at – Two in the morning after your ah, flight, after your flight from Fairbanks to yeah. to Anchorage to Seattle, and then you have to fly from Minneapolis and then take a eight hour bus ride back to school and go to class. It's not as yeah. fun of an airport, but I'll fun. take your word for it. I love that airport. I mean, they got really good food. They got a nice Qdoba, Chipotle. Hey, do you have a good got... breakfast? As the first airport, I had breakfast uh, Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, and they have like a really good. Uh, fish restaurant. They got really good clam chowder there. It's 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 a great. You are. A I spend a lot of time. That's the way from to Kelowna. What's that? Oh yeah, true. I forgot your clam chowder guy. Every time we go out, you're like, "How's the chowder?" Yeah, I <laughs> like. We're, I like we're in Rockford, guy. Illinois. We're in Rockford, Illinois. Like, oh, hey, how's the chowder? <laughs> I'm a big soup guy. Hey, it's cold. It's cold in the winter. I want a nice bowl of soup to warm my body up. Oh, uh, that is yeah, true. That. That's. Okay, last, last one before we uh, let you take any more of your quarantine time, but you are in Lafave. What are your thoughts? Yes, I am. What are your thoughts? I love it. So, CCM's great too, but I love Lafave. I mean, I just, I don't know. I liked, I, I always liked supporting Canadian-made things too. I like supporting Canadian-made, Canadian-made workers. And I just, I think they did an unbelievable job. The pad is absolutely incredible. They did exactly what I wanted to do. I've been wanting to get the like the flat face pad with the the, the flat inside roll, and I could never do that in CCM. And Lafave finally did that with the L twenties, and amazing, amazing pad. And the glove is incredible. Uh, six hundred. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's, it's a modified six hundred. It's unbelievable how they did it. It's fantastic. We had, we had a set in. Uh, yeah, Trav brought a set into on ice, and I. I just, uh, you know, played around with them, and they were really, really nice. I couldn't believe how, like, the glove, I really liked just butter. It's The glove is unbelievable. Like, what they did with the glove, like the guy was telling me, is absolutely crazy good. Like, I'm telling you, it's the best glove I've ever put on. It's fantastic. I mean, Lefebvre does amazing work with all the gear they do, but they've really, like, knocked it out of the park with this one. Yeah. The did graphics get- are growing on me, too. Ah, you, yeah. think, you think so? I don't. I do, man. I do not like that one bit. Out, but when they the first came graphics? out, 
No, I think I'm they're all white kind of guy anyway. Yeah, I'm all oh, white kind of well, guy. Well, you yeah, know what? You Before are. we continue, Cobb, you killed like, we. You killed me. I was on. I don't know. If it, I was on a podcast, not that ours, but someone else's, and we were talking about gear. And one of the big things I wanted in my career was like, I love gear. I always wanted different gear. You know, I'm. I have this privilege of basically as many sets as I want a year. You know, my 14 year old yeah. self would be pretty pissed off if I just had boring gear. You are of the other mindset where it's. Just give me a little bit of blue, nothing else. Yeah, I, I want very like if you saw my pads this year, I had very little color at all, and it just all it was very. I don't know. I just always, I just always liked it. Like it looked clean. I mean, looks looks pads look. By the way, the new pad, look Bay pads look big compared to the CCM pads, and they like the way it look. Is that superstitious or is that just no? I just no. I feel I feel bigger in my pads, and I don't know why, but I feel bigger in my pads. Did you get a pair of access to try or no? Uh, so I couldn't. So I tried to through CCM and they were not approved in the NHL yet. Oh, so I that's know. why I went with the Lefebvre's. I think they look terrible, but that's just my opinion. Uh, wait, wait so, if you put one on, you would love it. I'm telling you right now, you would absolutely. Really? You think so? On. Yeah. I love my Bowers, man. So I know you did. So these pads are very similar to Bauer, but with the – because you like CCM too. You wore CCM for a while there. I like CCM, you, but they just my CCM's got so heavy in the humidity of the south. Yes. So you're, this is a CCM pad, pretty much an old CCM pad made by Lefebvre with a flat inside roll, like the um, flat inside edge, like the um, Bauer pad, which is great. Unbelievable rotation, snaps right back, and it's as light as a Bauer pad pretty much. The Axis or the Lefebvre? Lefebvre. I saw the Lefebvre. I, they were lighter than my Bowers. I thought personally, I thought they were a little too soft on the thigh rise. But they, you like a stiff pad. I have. I like a soft pad. Too. I like my rebounds to be breakout passes. Yeah, I know you do. I, I like a soft. <laughs> I, I like really soft pads though. Like my boot break can't be soft enough. That is true. I, I'm surprised you wore Premier for that long until like. And then you went back to the. You went to the E. E-flex or whatever. E-flex, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'd, I'd always order my pads extra, like, extra, like, soft and try and break them in. But I, I always liked having a flat face. That's the only reason why I've always done that. Yeah. Knee rolls. I don't know why anyone wears knee rolls. Because they look kind of cool. No. No, you can't say that. They look cool. They look cool. They look really cool. Yeah. They're, like, they're like kind of like a throwback. Yeah. They're a throwback, and they look really cool. I love the way the knee rolls look. I mean, when you look at them, it's like, that guy, that guy looks sick. Like the uh, the E Flex uh, Retro Flex, yeah, the, looks the knee rolls. Yeah. Well, why don't you get the Lafave Retros, man? No, no, because I want the, the flat face. So you just like the look of it. You just don't like any I of the functionality. No, I, I well, because they make knee rolls make a pad look wider, where flat face makes a pad look taller. Yeah, fair. I can see that. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. I so, Jamie, know. let me ask you this graphic-wise: the Lafaves or the Axis? Which graphic do you like more? Oh, if you, it's hard to say. I was so spoiled with Bauer where they're just like, hey, just here's Bauer. a piece of paper and the crayons. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to say Lefebvre over Axis just because I just don't like the look of Axis one Axis. bit. But I do think no. Lefebvre needs yeah. some work, in my opinion. But what do I know? I, I don't even play the game anymore. See, I like the Lefebvre. I the way that my have you seen my design yet or no? 
Uh, I no, I haven't. I so don't, actually, very, I saw, somehow I saw a picture of you wearing Lefebvre. That's how I knew this, but I don't know where I saw so it. So look at my design. It's very much like a P2. Let's see if I can If you it. go to like, um, just like look if I could see it. Oh, sorry, I pulled you guys off for a second. No, you're good. You're good. See if I can, I might be able to send a picture to you. Um, okay, so it's like a black, a black edge with a little tiny blue. It's just all, it's a navy. It's a, it's a dark navy. Oh, sorry. Yes. I'm, on, I'm on some German pad tracking website, but it's there. Is that it? It's, so, let me see. Oof. Tough glare. Yep. Yep. Yeah, nice. See, that's nice and simple. I, I think. Like the old, remember the old P2s? It looks just like the P2 design. Right. Oh, the, yeah, C the, old, the, C I, the CCM P2 or the Reebok P2? Re Reebok Premier 2. It, the Re the Reebok Premier 2 had no sharp edges. Yeah, re look at the Reebok Premier 2. Oh, was, wait. Was that Reebok Premier 2? No, that was CCM Premier 2. Maybe CCM P2. I like the, I like the, the... No, it wasn't CCM P2. I like the Jets blue on the logo, though. But it was a Reebok Premier 2. Are you sure? Look at Reebok Premier 2 right now. Yeah, the one Crystal Huey wore. Yeah. Those were all around. Those were, yeah, those were like, uh, almost like a... The five, the five, Coho 580 kind of look. Andrew, yeah. Andrew Raycroft, look at that. See, look at the, um, uh... I mean, I, if you, if you want to say this, because it's similar in the swoops, definitely in the swoops, but the sh there's no sharp I just edges. Sent you. I just sent you it. Like, I just sent you it. Okay. Says you're typing. No, it came through. It came through. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess a little. If you do it like yeah. that, I can see. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, you can see it, right? Yeah. All right, I'll I'll give you that one. But yeah, it reminds me of the old classic Reebok P two. I, I like that. I had that pad. I like that pad. My favorite pad of all time is still the uh, RBKP. The first ever RBKP one is my favorite pad of all time still. That's really, been eh? that's been a conclusive decision on this pod. Like, all right, oh, wow. like Bujan had uh, other co-host. He had the Justin Pogi replicas. Yeah, they're the best pads of all time. They were. They are revolutionary. They I might. I'm probably gonna go V2 as in best pad of all time. But oh, V2. I had. A, I was a V2 guy. I like the ones. Oh, those were nice pads too. Yeah. The. Uh, the but I still P, Reebok P1 was. Oh, that was. The P1 I got were, the, the, the first original Reebok pad. Yeah. Oh, that was it, it was, was such a game changer. It was revolutionary. It was revolutionary. It totally was. It, was it so changed like no one's ever like it was like, whoa, what is that? And they yeah. brought out the, the bumblebee chest protector too. And that oh, was like a, that a was revolutionary chest protector. To this day, still wear that chest pack because it's like the best one ever made. Yeah, and then they, they came back with like the the like an all black version too. Yeah, we wore is, those. That's, I wore that, yeah. That's actually <laughs> when I got when I got sent home from England. Uh, they didn't let me keep my chest protector and other some other gear. What? Yeah. So they didn't. They they said because I wasn't on the team on the team anymore, the gear belonged to them. So I'll just say I 
there was a little bit of a, you know, Mexican standoff in the dressing room with me and the coach trying to get my gear, but I lost the chest protector. I brought, I got the pads and some other stuff, but oh, <laughs> what, what did I do? So I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go play in the coast. I need, I need a gear, hop on Kijiji, find someone's brand new, all black, their Reebok yeah. Premier One replica from seven years ago. And that's what I finished my career with. It was nice, man. Those, those P1 replicas were nice. I mean, I mean, the P1 was the best chest pad I've ever made. Still to this day, it might be. Over the Bauer 195? Because you were a big 195 guy. I was a big 195 guy. Big, but I, the Reebok P1, wow, is that a good chesty. I mean, that was, oof, that was nice. The old Bumblebee. I, I remember wearing that thing. It was like everyone wore that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Those, that, it was, you, could almost, you could see like the, like the, the design. Yeah. The, the, the carbon the cut through it. Yeah, 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 carbon cut. Yeah, I remember. I, I actually didn't have the carbon cut because that was like the, the pro model. I would, I was younger when it came out, so I didn't have that one. Yeah, you would have been young. Yeah, second hand, so, like someone's just bumblebee that they've used for twelve years. Second hand is still going for like six hundred bucks on like sideline swap. Oh, it's, wow. oh, it's unbelievable. People would die for those things. I mean, they, they increase in value. <laughs> they are. They actually, they don't depreciate at all. Yeah. You know, like, if you buy, if you buy the old Reebok P1 stuff, you're going to, that stuff's to sell for a lot of money. Those pads were unbelievable too. Like I just, oh, I can't get over them. Yeah. yeah. It's like the first ever VH gates I wore. Like it was, when I put those in, I was like, this is the best gates I've ever wore in my life. Gate, like, yo. Game changer. We actually, we had, you know, that you know, Trav for Oilers, the YouTuber. Yeah. So he's yep. been on several times. He has a vendetta against VH. But for me, what? for me, I guess I think he got a, le- a pair of lemons, basically. Yeah. But when the first time you put on a pair of VHs, it's just it's like, like slippers. I, it's like slippers. It's like the comfort slippers. of a graph. Oh. Lightest skate you can get. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I was, I was the first ever one to wear. It. By the way. I don't want to bring this through. I was the first ever guy to ever wear a one-piece skate, like a full one-piece skate. Before Jonas Hill. Yeah. Remember when um, uh, uh, True sent me that demo skate? No, I don't. So my last VH, before, before they became True, VH, um, my second year pro, they, the guy came to the ring and said, hey, do you want to try these skates out? And I said, sure. And he made me this one. It was a full one-piece skate. It was a. It was the first and only model they've ever made of the skate. It was by far the best skate I've ever worn in my life. That I could, they could never do it again. It took them like six months to make. It was like it was a prototype skate for the for, for the one-piece model. It was like the way they did it. Like he showed me to the shop. It was unbelievable. Still to this day, the best skate I've ever worn. I can't get another pair of it. Did they let you keep them? Yeah, but I. I, I they, you wore them they were, they were, The way they were made, they broke in half. Oh. Uh. So when you say one piece, you mean like like the cowling up to the boot was all just one thing? It was all one thing. Everything wow. was totally one. It was totally one thing. Like there was wow. no separation at all. And you wow. don't wear you wear the two piece now, though, right? I wear the two piece, yeah. But this was a one piece, but it was made like the two piece skate. But the way they did it, it was all like the certain um, uh, I, I don't know what it's called, like the carbon fiber, I guess. It was all carbon fiber, the whole thing. Because I remember my last year with, with the Jets. Uh, you everyone was wearing the two piece and i was still wearing the one piece and hutchie's just like just get out of those so i was like all right yeah, Hutchie, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah jump, nice. just jump ship as soon as i could but for me i had to use a two piece because if i was in the cheese they're, they're you know they're not fixing my skates when i was in the american league if something went wrong someone true just picked it up drove it back to the shop fixed it brought it yeah back it was great time. Our, our store was right there too yeah. true's right here 
That's, in Winnipeg, which is fantastic. If you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you, no one's coming to fix the carbon fiber on your broken skate. Yeah, a little harder. Oh, Combs, thanks for coming on, buddy. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. It was great seeing you guys and especially yeah, catch up with you, Philly. Yeah, we'll have to have you on. We didn't. We barely scratched the shirt surface with everything, and we'll have you on again. And maybe, maybe Helly will be a little less camera shy and pop well, a bit. I'm in quarantine, so whenever you want, just give me a call. We'll have a ten part quarantine episode just once a day. We'll bust them out. It's like the Michael part. Jordan last dance. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Eric Comrie, Michael Jordan, same athlete. No, no, yeah. no, no. He no, directly no. compared himself to Michael Jordan. I heard Jordan. it. Only That's going to be an intro. Only because we golf a lot. Only because we golf a lot. It's the only comparison I have. Oh, also, get the presses going. Eric Comrie's golfing with Michael Jordan. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Although he might, he might he plays for too much money. I don't have that money to play with him. Plays for yeah, big true. stakes, man. Big yeah. stakes. All right, dude. Take care, man. Okay, see you guys. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.